So the foundation of the internet was built wrong, and then we just kept building on top of it. But the problem is when the foundation of a system is wrong, meaning it's insecure, and the way that it was constructed, it, it'll never be secure. The internet is essentially broken. What the blockchain is doing is it's going to bring and create the secure data transport protocol. And so the internet is only fulfilling one small part of its potential. I want to respect your time because you're a super busy guy. I got back into LA this morning. He got here this morning. Tonight. We were supposed to meet up on Friday and it was like, we might have to helicopter him in and da da da. And I was like, all right, let's just, let's put it off to today. So for people not familiar completely with cryptocurrency, blockchain, Bitcoin, in one sentence, if I have to explain to somebody what Bitcoin and cryptocurrency is, what do you say to them in a one or two sentences? Well, I mean, the, the, the funny answer is that it's magic internet money. Um, but uh, <laughs> There you go, magic internet money. But uh, no, it, 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 it represents something far greater than that. And, and that is that it's a, a monetary system that is based on math and cryptography. And so, and it's open source and it's transparent. So it's governed on a peer-to-peer -peer basis. So it's a system that can't be corrupted. You know, it can't be cheated. It's a system kind of uh, for the people. Do you think, big picture, there is a potential that Bitcoin, cryptocurrencies, blockchain will take down the Federal Reserve, US dollars, pounds, euros? Can you see that in a world in 20 years? Or I, does it I, I, compete? I, I, no, I think that you know, there's uses for both. And what Bitcoin is, isn't a currency. It's not a transactional currency. It's far too expensive to do transactions. What it is, is it's a store of value, meaning you're better off thinking of it as gold 2.0 or digital gold. And when you think about it from that perspective, you, you have to ask yourself about the history of money. And so for the last 5,000 years, the primary form of money was precious metals, gold, silver, and copper. Yes. And those three, you know, after 95,000 years of experimenting with everything, were selected because they, they had specific attributes. It was sufficiently scarce so that you didn't need a truckload of it to buy a loaf of bread. You know, you can transport it. It had to be malleable. You got to be able to take it apart, put it back together again. It had to be uh, uh, fungible, like diamonds. It has to all be the same. It can't not like diamonds. Uh, Non-spoilable. You wouldn't want to put it in a safe. Go get it in the air, and it's you know rotten. Right. So it, these precious metals have very specific attributes. Bitcoin possesses all of those attributes, except for it's a lot better at all of them. And the other big difference is gold is physical. Bitcoin is intangible, and the intangibility is a positive trait because you can send it from anywhere in the world instantaneously, and it's it's just. You know, gold actually, it's easier to club you and take it off you. Yeah, PayPal Western Union may be a thing of the past. So it's, it's more gold, I think. That's you the, think gold. Now, gold, really people, number right one now. question that we have, I asked just some beginners on the drive over here. Is Bitcoin a bubble? I know you're probably sick of being asked this. Everybody's been saying it's a bubble. You see big bankers saying this. The more they say it, China's banned ICOs, Russia's banned cryptocurrencies, the more it's going up right now. What's your answer to that? Is this a bubble? Yeah, of course it's a bubble, but you know, uh, what, what are bubbles? Markets, and this one in particular, the, the sentiment is the primary barometer you know, of the price right now. And so, you know, when you think about it from, you know, that perspective, it's going to be an emotional market and you're going to see emotional run-ups. And because it's scarce, you know, you can see these big movements and you're going to see corrections. And, you know, it's just like back in the Internet bubble. You know, it wasn't all this straight up and to the right for years. We had lots of like, you know, yes. movements during that phase. And so this is going to be no different. So the data point I would give you, though, that's most interesting is we're calling it a 300 billion, you know, you know, we're. Four, we can get $400 billion market cap sector more or less right now uh, and you know, kind of doing this in this period. How big do you think the internet was during its 
heyday. In 1999, it got to over seven trillion, the uh, internet tech stocks. And so, so, the, so seven trillion, and that was when it was an only a Western phenomenon, and this is not adjusting to inflation. So right. I could argue it was, it'd be a 50 trillion or a hundred trillion dollar market today. So relative to that market that was betting on the future potential of a new technology, which is inferior to what this is. Yeah. This is 10 times bigger. I think, yeah, we're, we're in maybe a temporary one, but it will go, we're far from being even anywhere close to where the internet got. Yeah. And so the thing that I would argue is the biggest bubble today is the stock market. So you think cryptocurrencies, Bitcoin at 300 bill, three to $400 billion market cap is not nearly the bubble as conventional S&P 500 regular stock market, what people have their 401k. I think the stock market's more of a bubble. So you could see that crashing, a bigger crash than you could see crypto. Of course, it's a bigger market too, so obviously, I mean. But uh, So would you recommend people listening should be starting moving a little bit of their money from conventional stocks over into Bitcoin, Ether, things like this? Yeah, so I don't ever like to give anyone investment advice. Uh, and I don't think that if someone tries to tell you you should do this, you should invest in that, always be very skeptical because a, a good teacher doesn't say you should do this. They give you information. They transfer knowledge to you yes. so that you can you know, be informed and get more informed if you know, it's inspired you in some way. Yes. And you should know what you're doing and then make decisions for yourself when you feel that you're adequately informed. And I think that's what good teachers do. These are the types of people that you should listen to, people that are trying to hawk something at you. Right. You know, normally that should like put off the red flags. Red flags. And so um, the information that I would give people is if, you know, you're doing what's called asset allocation. If you have assets, you, you want to try and figure out how they should be allocated and give some thought to it, have intention in yeah. the things that you do. And so you can say, uh, uh, okay, I've now been informed enough due to my own research, yes. to have formed my own opinion, to have my own view, because I'm making a decision for myself, I am choosing to do this. Uh, once you've done that, you say, how much do I want to allocate? And that's going to be a matter of what level of knowledge you have and what level of conviction you have. Right. You know, your prediction of the future. And you might say, I want 1% of my assets in something like this. You might say, I want more. Right. You know, I'm more or less mostly in blockchain and crypto-related assets and real estate. Yep. Um, uh, that's I, where you put your money, either in crypto real estate's my or edge. real estate. So real estate is your physical asset that if something happens, you know you're balanced out here. Well, no, well, I think the real estate market's interesting because it's undervalued, uh, hugely undervalued because it's the second largest asset class and it doesn't have a matching engine or an order book. It's still running on real estate agents and like, you know, I mean, talk about some draconian infrastructure, a market of this size. So as soon as real estate title gets put on the blockchain and where it becomes digital title, yes. it becomes fractional. The, the stuff that's going to come out of that is going to be utterly insane. So imagine if you could say, I want to buy a hundred dollars in you know, every house in a neighborhood yes. or a thousand dollars and it's all fractionalized and it's a whole market that's trading all the time in fractions of home ownership. If you make it truly liquid, markets have liquidity discounts. Yes. Bring liquidity to the market, you will cause them a huge increase so you in think price. Theoretically, so this is a whole thing for those of you who don't know. You have cryptocurrencies and they're built on a type of technology that's broadly called blockchain. And there's different blockchains. There's Bitcoin is on one technology and Ether is on another one. You are the co-founder of potentially one of, well, EOS is going to be or is another technology. You're saying real estate is gonna go up on this technology and no longer just be realtors with titles in old fashioned 1800s methodologies. Yeah, I mean, this is the, the technology that will you know, have that big an impact. It's gonna affect everything. So to, to help 
Yeah, what else will it affect? So, what other huge things? Let me take you down like to the foundation. So the internet itself. If I wanted to, des- to describe the internet in three words, I would call it a data transport protocol. Okay. It's a system for moving information. Now the problem is it's an insecure data transport protocol, and that's because back when the internet was first being designed, we couldn't, we didn't have the processing power to run the types of cryptography necessary to do this. And so the foundation of the internet was built wrong, and then we just kept building on top of it. But the problem is when you when the foundation of a system is wrong, meaning it's insecure, and the way that it was constructed, it, it'll never be secure. It's, the internet is essentially broken. What the blockchain is doing is it's going to bring and create the secure data transport protocol. And so the internet is only fulfilling one small part of its potential because of this security flaw. When you fix security, the internet is going to reach its full potential, which is going to be, I think, 10 times greater. Every industry in the world is going to be affected, and it's going to be a beautiful, beautiful thing. Are you saying the internet will be gone as we know it? Yeah, this is the new internet. It's the upgrade. Huh. So the the entire internet's going to go, I think. So will websites like Amazon, like Google disappear or they'll have to go on the blockchain? Well, they're going to have to go through their process of upgrading. And anytime you have a big transformational event like this, read the innovator's dilemma. Yeah. You know, you've got the incumbent and you've got the new entrance and, you know, there's going to be a meeting of the minds there. But my view is I help the incumbent industry as much as I can. I help the startup community as much as I can, because if anyone is successful in changing the world and making it a better place, we all win. Yeah. So I help everyone. I don't ever ask for anything. I give everyone in the industry I can help every person that I have as much time in the day to do. I don't sleep because, you know, it's such an inspiring thing to do. You're doing this free? Thank you for that. I believe you know this, we have an incredible opportunity here to make the world a better place. Yeah. And uh, back to that being a billionaire, you know, this is the opportunity to be a real billionaire. And when you start to understand what's going to happen in the world, you, you eventually wake up and you go, wow, what I'm working on right now isn't gonna matter in a little while. And then you just, people all of a sudden, I'm watching it happen in droves all over the world. Once they come to this realization, it's like they can't get up and live the life that they had anymore because it's no longer inspiring. Yeah. Because they realize that whole system's gonna change. And now all of a sudden they're like, okay, I've gotta go really rethink everything I'm doing. And it may stay in that same industry using those same skills they have, yes. but be the one to do it. And that can be at the incumbents level, that can be at the startup level. When he says incumbents, we're talking corporations, yeah, the big large companies. companies. Yeah, yeah and, and, and the big companies are gonna you know, also drive a lot of progress too. So if you're interested in Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies and want to learn how to make money with Bitcoin, I'm opening up a brand new Bitcoin crypto academy for you. Crypto is starting to fundamentally change everything from currencies to the very structure behind the internet. And if you don't understand it, you will be left behind. Remember, if you had put $100 into Bitcoin in 2010, you would have over $100 million right now. I don't want you to miss out on the coming opportunities offered by Bitcoin in the cryptocurrency space. So I brought in the best experts in the game, the people that are teaching me and training me, and I'm gonna share that with you because it's not too late to understand Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies and the blockchain and to make money with it. So to sign up for my new Bitcoin Crypto Academy and learn how to invest, how to make money in this new exciting space, I'm gonna open up room for a few of you to have early access to the new online mentor mastermind. So go to tylopez.com slash Bitcoin podcast to learn more. So I'm testing the mastermind. So I'm just gonna let a few of you in at a low price and uh, it's already filling up quickly. So if you want to get in, I'll let a few of you in. So go to tylopez.com slash Bitcoin podcast, all one word, tylopez.com slash Bitcoin podcast. If the course is closed, when you get to the page, put in your name in the waiting list. You missed out on the first round 
Uh, and if you see it, welcome to the group. Glad you didn't procrastinate. Okay, back to the show. So these big banks, should they be scared? I mean, some of these banks are hiring huge groups of crypto, Bitcoin, blockchain people to come in and consult with them, whether they be funds, whether they be banks. Do you think they should be scared? I mean, I think they're doing the right thing. I mean, the analogy I like to use is we used to make our phone calls over twisted copper wires. Yes. And one day uh, it switched to voice over IP and everyone said, hey, this is going to be the end of, you know, the telcos. And da, 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 da. No, the telecom industry became the biggest beneficiary of the technology, massively cutting their costs in their middle in the back offices. And the banks are going to do the same thing. They're smart. Yeah. They can benefit greatly from this technology. When I was asked by banks early on in the space, because I did a lot of, you know, introducing the ideas to them, they'd ask me, is this going to be good or bad for my business? Yes. I said, it's going to be both. Yeah. It's going to be balanced. You know, you're going to have, you know, some portions of your business are going to be negatively impacted, maybe even go away. Some portions some of your better. business will be get better. And, and you know, it's, it's innovate or die. I mean, you can't stop change. You can't stop innovation. Yeah. We are living in exponential times. Yes. So you have to get with the program, and that is, you know, you have to keep evolving. You know, and we're accelerating, which means you have to evolve even faster than you've ever evolved before. Mm-hmm. And that's the, you know, kind of this really interesting thing about the period in time we, in which we live. So, Brock, question for you. An absolute beginner is here. They're watching. They're in this course to learn about Bitcoin and crypto. I just want to ask you the most basic, because you are one of the geniuses of the whole industry, maybe, you know, the most respected person in this space. So I want to take it down a level to people go, I hear what you're saying, Brock. This is the future. I, I'm making 50 grand a year. I have a job. I want to dabble in this. First question, if you were an absolute beginner or advising an absolute, just pretend I was an absolute beginner, knew not one thing. And I say, I want to start. I know enough that I know that I'm interested in blockchain. Like you said, learn about it. And I want to invest a little bit of money into it. What wallet do you recommend? Everybody's using Coinbase. People say Jax is great. Do you have, I don't want you to have to play favorites. Could you name a couple yeah, that you would recommend? Yeah. No okay. problem. I do this all the time because, I mean, I, I get asked this question daily. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it depends on where you are. You know, what let's country, take U.S. first. What, in what country you live. But let's, yeah, let's start with the U.S. Coinbase is an option. Uh, sometimes people have you know, found customer service issues to be the case, but that's really true of everyone. When you've had an industry that's growing at this rapid, rapid right. pace, it's hard to scale. And especially when you're dealing with this kind of money, yes. you, know, you can't just like say, let's add 200 new people. And like, you know, right. it's just, it's, this is, you know, there's no room for error. Yeah. And so you know, I, I tell people that get a little frustrated with any of these companies, it's called be patient. You know, you're in a, a boom like this. So, you know, Coinbase is great. Uh, Gemini is great. Kraken is great. It's kind of like U.S. exchanges. Uh, Have you heard of Jax? Somebody recommends Jax isn't uh, uh, an exchange. So that's where you can procure tokens. Yeah, I'm talking about, so let's start with then, procuring tokens. Yeah, so that you, you, you'd normally go to one of the exchanges. Yep. There's also, you know, other channels. Sometimes there's Bitcoin ATMs in your city. If you just want to do something very small, the fees are high. But if you just want to get started with 100 bucks, it's an interesting experience or just to check out. Yeah. And they're in most cities now. Um, so the wallet you would recommend opening up first is so Coinbase. Well, well this Gemini. is those are the exchanges. Yep. Yep. Don't think of them as wallets so much. These are places where you can buy your coins. Yep. You can store your coins there. Yeah, Coinbase is more of that. But a lot of times, what you do is you use them as the on ramps and the off ramps. Think of them as you're getting onto the, you know, the new superhighway. Yes. You know, you have to go from the old world into the new. Yep. And the exchanges are the path where you can go from a dollar to a, you know a cryptocurrency. Yes. And so the first place is where you're going to get it. But now once you have it. 
you normally want to take it out of exchanges because you're not trying to leave your money in a bank. Don't do that right away. Mm-hmm. Make sure you know what you're doing. Leaving your money in Coinbase until you feel you're, you're comfortable to move off it is a good thing. Yep. You know, get comfortable. There's a lot. I feel like most yeah. people use Coinbase not only for the exchange but for the wallet. Yeah, and, they, and they're yeah. one of the betters if you want to do that, and that's what I recommend uh, what beginners do. Yes. Because they're the biggest, they've got the biggest balance sheet. They've been doing it the longest. Yes. You know, they've got, in, you know, insurance and things. So, I mean, you're, you're, if you're going to leave your money in one of the exchanges, that's You're somewhat the safe there. It, 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 you know, it's the lesser of, you know, yeah. your, your, your evils. Um, but ultimately, what you want to get to a proficiency that you can take your money out into your own wallet. I generally recommend a hardware wallet right now, which would be Trezor or the Ledger uh, okay. Nano. And that is to take your private keys offline. Make sure you get two. Okay. So that you can have a backup, put it in a safe, and if you end up with a ton of money, make so sure you have. So these are three. physical, just yeah. to be clear. So these are your your upgrading to have your offline wallets, and then when you want to trade mm-hmm. or move things around and send stuff, you're also going to have your online wallet. You know, yes. you're kind of your your more. So let's talk wallet. about the, the the hard physical wallet. Can you repeat just yeah, the Trezor ones? Trezor and mm-hmm. Ledger and Anos. Okay, those are the two companies. They're both fantastic. So and the, that's the only so two if, that you let's would take. Consider. Bob, let's take Bob hypothetical. Bob or Susie buys on the exchange, Coinbase, they want to take it off Coinbase. What's the process? You take the physical... Yeah, you're going to withdraw it to that wallet on that key. It's basically, all, all it is is it's a piece of hardware mm-hmm. that stores your private key that's got a wallet associated with it or wallets associated with it. And so you're just storing the private key offline. Yes. So it's nowhere on the internet. That's the safest way from a security perspective. And where do you put it? A bank? Well, you, a safe in your house? It depends on how much money you're talking about, right? Let's and say so, it's $1,000 for somebody. Yeah, you can probably have just one backup. Okay. You know, and then have that in a safe in your house. And why do you, when you say two? So you want one that is the one that you use. Yes. And you want to have a second one as a backup in case you lose it. Would you do something. two with the same? Yeah, I, one, is a, one is a backup. You just have redundancy. You know, in a world where you're, you know, taking control of your own money. Yes. It's uh, important that you, you know, are taking responsibility Yes. Yeah, that's like having a bar of gold in your house, except for a bar of gold that, you know, is digital and you can lose it if you screw up, you know, so make sure that, you know, because who knows what can happen. Lots of things can happen in life, right? What if somebody has a million? Then, then what do you do? Then you probably want to have a third backup and just have one in another place in case that place gets burned down or, you know. So maybe one at a bank and it. one at your yeah, house. Yeah, I mean, when you start dealing with big money, that's the right type of redundancy for whatever your main wallets would be. And then you have your kind of hot wallets, the online stuff that you use when you want to tr- transact. Yeah, with. so let's talk about the hot wallet. What do you, re- what do you and recommend? And so it, it depends on, again, what tokens you're using, what coins. Let's take Bitcoin, Ether, you know, like Bitcoin Cad. They're using the kind of the bigger ones. Yeah, so for like your Bitcoin stuff, you know, there's been Bread Wallet and there's been uh, Airbits and you've had a, you know, a number of kind of wallets that have come out over time. Uh, that are all kind of okay with the hot wallets. You shouldn't be losing, leaving large amounts of money in those. Those would become kind of like your mobile wallets. Then for your web wallets, uh, and Jax uh, for your all your other coins. Actually, you might be better off just using Jax. Yeah. Uh, for even, uh, I mean, for as much as you can for your mobile wallet, and then for your web wallet. Yeah, you can. And use can you it. differentiate for people listening? Mobile wallet versus web wallet. Yeah, I mean, it's, well, some things are better designed for mobile. Some things are... Your phone. So your phone is less secure than your computer and these types of things, or your computer is less secure depending upon what they're doing, how they've developed it. You know, security is, you know, kind of, you know, one of the main things that everyone needs to be mindful in this area, and that's why you don't leave large amounts of money in devices and wallets and things that could be accessed if someone stole your identity or someone yes. got your hardware. And so you, that's why you leave the large sums offline. 
So the large you, sums offline, and then you're putting. Do you transfer the large sums then, and you're putting them in? Yeah. It's, your imagine you you have your own vault. Yeah. And so okay, I only need you know ten thousand dollars right now, or fifty thousand dollars worth of stuff for two uh, five hundred dollars worth, mm-hmm. and then the rest you know it's whatever it is that your needs are, and then you know some of the other web wallets, uh, Ether Wallet, Exodus. There's a few. Um, you think uh, Jacks bit, can bit, work bit, for both? for Bitcoin? Uh, if you have large amounts of money, BitGo. Mm-hmm. Uh, BitGo it, for large amounts of money is absolutely what I'd use for a, a web wallet. And with that, you can even, I think, forego some of uh, uh, that redundancy. I mean, the, the BitGo wallet's pretty pretty phenomenal, too. Yeah. And there's other stuff out there. I'm, I'm sure I didn't include everyone. And to anyone I didn't mention, I'm sorry. It's not that I don't love you. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, I love everyone in this business that's working you know, from a place of good intention. You yeah. know, someone that's here to try and make good things happen. And you know, good people do make mistakes. Yeah. You know, and... Uh, and understand when you make mistakes, it's really costly for people. So do your best work. Don't, yeah. uh, there's this Japanese concept of um, kaizen, which is to continually improve. Right. Approach every situation and don't just get the job done. Do it as well as you can and always strive to do it even better. Continual improvement. And if you start applying this to everything you do in your life, everything you do will become exceptional and you will be growing and evolving at a pace that you've never imagined. Yeah. You know, when you stop trying to live in a, a life of mediocrity, I mean, when we came out of World War II because we won, because we, you know, you have that pyramid of good, fast, cheap. Mm-hmm. And we won the war by being fast and cheap because we were able to mass produce and that won the war. But post the war, we kept just doing fast and cheap. And we've basically right. started to build, we've li- we live in a world of mediocrity. For the rest of this conversation, check out my new show, The Bitcoin Crypto Mastermind, on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts.